Welcome to episode 9 of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson. I'm the other half, Austin Smith. And we are coming to you today to break down the upcoming matchup with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, Mississippi State started off the season really hot, um, had a big win over LSU week one when everyone kind of wasn't really sure what LSU was going to be coming off their national championship. I don't think, I think they might be one of the biggest examples of this season of just completely falling short of what we thought they were going to be week one. They've changed dramatically. Week one, we were like, oh, Mississippi State with Mike Leach, high-powered offense, air raid. And now it's like they've lost a couple games. The offense hasn't looked as impressive. Um, They're coming in, struggling, haven't played in a few weeks because of COVID issues, Um, having some other COVID issues this week, opt-outs, transfers. It's been a rough season so far for Mississippi State, to say the least. Yeah, and so like like you said, they had a very big roller coaster start, uh, and I feel like it really shows just how temperamental and easily swayed uh, like we as a collective are in just making these outlandish claims. Mm-hmm. Like I remember after week one, everybody was like, because like they didn't run the ball, but how many times in their first game? It was like le- it was less than ten, and they were like, yeah. "See, you don't have to have a good rushing attack in the SEC. Gone are the days where you have to run the ball." And it was like, that was over after one week. Yeah. And so it just shows, like, and especially in this type of year, it's crazy for us to make just these asinine uh, just claims. And it really is just, hey, just give it a couple of weeks. Things fall back into place. I do think that they're going to have to, you know, incorporate more of a rushing attack in order to be successful. Yeah. I know he's, you know, had moderate success at Kentucky in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, – yeah, they're not going to, I think, do great things even in years to come if they're throwing the ball 65 times a game. Yeah, agreed. Um, Mike Leach, obviously, is air raid, air raid, air raid. Um, we, you touched on it. They barely ran the ball against LSU week one. I think they had six rushing yards. And coming into the season, they had a running back in Kylan Hill, who has since opted out, who was projected that he could have gone in the first round in the NFL draft. And, yeah, I don't blame him at all. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't getting utilized other than the passing game. But, I mean... They've had, they've been really really hit hard by opt outs. Um, just today, they had uh, one of their starting wide receivers entered the transfer portal um, on earlier this week on Monday. Their best defensive tackle, Nathan Nathan Pickerington, opted out of the season. Um, they just, they just been hit hard. I mean, yeah, and it, I mean they weren't doing too great to begin no, with I even mean, before see, that. I mean, we think as Georgia fans, we always complain about our offense. They have failed to get over 300 yards of offense, I think, mm-hmm. their last four games. Vandy yeah. held them to 204 yards. Vanderbilt. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely uh, it makes you feel good this week when it comes to Georgia's chances of stopping them on offense. One thing they have done fairly well, however, is play defense. Um, they've allowed four of their opponents this season to help less than their average yardage per game. Um, so they played well on defense to make up for their lack lack of offense for the most part, um, and that's I mean it's a good recipe for them because as we saw the last few times Georgia's played against Kentucky and then obviously two weeks ago against Florida, we've kind of been floundering on offense, and it's led to a change or a supposed leaked change that we've all been hoping for all week. The rumors are that 
we're finally going to get to see JT Daniels make his debut as a dog this Saturday. And yeah, I think that's set in stone. I don't think it's something. <laughs> no, I mean it should be. I mean, yeah. we we like you. We've said off the air, and we've said on air. I mean, we both agreed coming into the year all year long that yeah, Stetson was a good feel good story. He played solid in a lot of the early games. He played solid in a half against Alabama, but he's not. I mean. He just wasn't the type of guy who was going to get it done at an elite level, and eventually it was going to catch up to us against elite elite opponents. And two weeks ago against Florida, we just couldn't keep up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then in the second half, he's injured. You can tell he's playing, you know, very aware of that shoulder injury. And it seemed like it was making him very conscious of the pass rush. And, you, and, and then, obviously, he wasn't able to make the same type of throws. And then Dwan comes in and just – it makes me question, like, how did he ever have the starting job? Like, mm-hmm. is he just a completely different guy in practice? Because mm-hmm. it it was rough. And it was like, you know, you thought maybe that first half against Arkansas was maybe just some jitters. Yeah. But that was – it was just as bad. I mean, Kirby, he said time and time again that Daniels wasn't starting and because of, he kept coming back to his mobility, his mobility, his mobility. <laughs> Watching Dewan and – Watching some throws that Stetson started making, I mean, the guy had to have been in a walker for me to think that he's that <laughs> immobile that he can't go out there and play quarterback for us. Like, the, some of the throws that he made at USC his freshman year, I mean, he showed flashes of. I mean, the only two quarterbacks that were ranked above him are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields coming out of high school. And those guys have a really, really good shot of going 1 2 in this year's NFL draft. Well, and I mean, so. He was a guy who reclassified, so he was a year younger than everybody else. If you look at his production in his three years at high school, of course he was surrounded by like all-world kind of talent yeah. at that school. But I do think that – I want to say I think he has the exact same floor of Stetson mm-hmm. and Dwan, but just an insanely like higher ceiling. I, I mean, agree. can he come in and complete 31% of his passes – because that's what we did last week yeah. or two weeks ago against Florida. That's the bar that he has to pass. Mm-hmm. I think he can pass that bar. Yeah. And also, I, wa- I was watching some of his tape from that freshman year. I watched some of his good games, some of his bad games. That game against Texas, which was one of his, I mean, worst games, he still threw a 55-yard bomb all, like in air that hit the dude perfectly in stride. We haven't seen that a single time this year. We've seen chances. Mocking mm-hmm. has been calling just some heck of games and then we just overthrow after overthrow on all these like what would be explosive plays which is one of the biggest things missed from our offense because if we had those explosive plays our running game would be so much better Mm -hmm. i mean the intermediate pass everything would just flow so much better but we can't hit those deep throws and i think he can't yeah we we, we've we touched on when monkin got hired and i like what you said about monkin's been calling some great games i mean Guys have been wide open all over the field. He's getting guys open across the middle. He's scheming guys open. He's finding ways to use Kiaris Jackson. Um, I mean, and the, even this week with JT behind center, we may finally have the quarterback this year who can unlock George Pickens out there and let George be what we know he can be. Um, obviously, I think George is going to be healthy. It's been a few weeks since we've seen him. I don't think he's played since the Bama game. So, I mean, now that he's back, um, he can be out there at wide, open up our offense a little bit more, and just give us another facet to throw to. I think we have a good shot this week at maybe seeing what we can be or could be on offense. I think we're going to continue to scheme guys open, hopefully have JT back there hitting them. 
I think we're going to use a good complimentary run game to get kind of JT comfortable. Probably a lot of runs early. Zamir, Zamir, Zamir. The return of Kenny McIntosh, fingers crossed, hopefully. My dude. Yeah, I love that dude. Um, Kendall Milton, unfortunately, MCL sprain against Florida, so he probably won't be out there. Um, maybe more James Cook. I just want to see a good, clean game of offense. I just 350, 400 yards of offense, somewhere in that 30-point range. I mean, if we could just get to that and show that we have that capability, it would really give me a lot of confidence for the rest of the season. I know we're kind of out of the Eastern p- picture, but yeah. And so, I mean, we do. I mean, we don't think this guy's going to come in and be any no. uh, sort of savior. But here's no. the thing. We're not going anywhere this year. Mm-hmm. Not going to be probably be in the SEC championship. Definitely not going to be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you should be playing for, I mean, improvement and you know player development. And JT's probably going to be the guy next year. I would think yeah. that it's going to be between him and Brock Vandegrift and Dwan. And I mean, I would personally prefer to get a guy with a good bit of experience this year, and so he can go into next year feeling very comfortable with the staff, uh, with the players, yeah. with the uh, with the, the playbook, with everything. And so. I think it just makes sense for this year and for next year, which is arguably more important to have JT have yeah. the reins of the offense. Yeah, and that and that's got to be what has finally made Kirby Smart to make the decision. I mean, he knows just Florida has to lose twice for us to have any shot. They play Vanderbilt, they play Tennessee, they play LSU, and I I don't even know who their last game's against. But I mean, they have to lose two out of those, and it's not going to happen. No. I mean, they're going to go to Atlanta. Unfortunately, I mean. We had our shots. But Kyle Trask would have to miss the yeah. team bus in order for something like yeah, that. I mean, <laughs> they would have to have – I mean, it's 2020, so, I mean, they could have a COVID outbreak. I mean, I know they've already had theirs, but, I mean, who knows what will happen. But, I mean, we're building – now it's looking forward to the future. I mean, like you said, it. JT's probably going to be our quarterback next year. He's back this next year. He's not losing a year of eligibility. I mean, Brock's even, if gonna, he, even if he was, I mean, he would still only be a senior next year. Brock's going to be a true freshman. I mean, we don't really want to start a true freshman. True freshmen starting in the SEC don't always have the greatest track record. I mean, Tua didn't start as a true freshman. We know what he was. Um, so I think get him behind center this year. Let him finish out the year. We're not really losing much. Um, I mean, we not. I mean, eligibility doesn't count this year, so really no one knows what we're going to lose. We know we'll have George back next year. We know we'll have probably Zamir will come back. Kenny will be back. Um, Jermaine Burton, hopefully healthy, healthy Dominic Blaylock, Marcus Rosemi. Was, I hate. I just hate that the injury that to him was injury. just awful. And he, then the O-line is just stacked. Yeah. I mean, so, so we, I mean, we have a, a good depth of our offense coming back next year. We'll probably lose a couple pieces on our defense. Richard LeCount, you have to assume. I mean, he's a senior, but eligibility doesn't count, but he was going to leave. Um, Tyson Campbell, probably. Stokes. Stokes is gone. Jordan Davis will probably leave. We're going to lose Monty Rice. So defense is going to be a little depleted, but hopefully uh, the recruiting. But, we're, yeah, I mean, we're going to have some studs coming up. That, I mean, you can't expect them to have the same sort of production as upperclassmen, but, you know, that's going to pave the way for people like Keely Ringo to come in yeah. and start. And, I mean, and those are going to be some big – impact top guys guys that were ranked yeah. top five nationally yeah and we've touched on it i've said it time and time again as long as kirby smart is the head coach at georgia i'm not ever going to be worried about our defense we're going to have one of the top units in the country as long as kirby's talent's behind. always going to yeah. be there on that yeah. side of the ball yeah so yeah. i mean in the linebacking core is only going to i mean be better mm-hmm. with nicobe aziz and then yeah. uh nolan like those guys are still going to be there so yeah so i mean touching on the defense um 
a big storyline um, over the last few weeks is just the health of the defense overall. Um, yeah, because we were banged up going into Florida. Yeah, and it didn't get any better in the Florida game. So, obviously, just off the top of your head, we know Richard LeCount's not going to be out there. Um, he's progressing, and he said on Twitter this week he's not opting out. He wants to finish the season on the field with his Georgia teammates. And you got, I mean, Go you got to you got to commend that man. And everyone you see all over the country is opting out of the season. I mean, players that had been playing all year opting out. Players never even seeing the field. So, seeing a player rep the brands like that and just want to leave it all on the field with his teammates, it really makes you happy that you have a guy like that on your team and it really just is a rallying cry for the rest of the team uh rumors are that jordan davis hasn't been practicing um it'd obviously be big if we could get him back rochester Um, should be out rochester's probably gonna be out um other than that though i mean we're starting to get a little bit healthier lewis seen who honestly almost killed himself against Florida yeah. and that hit on yeah, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, could have been charged for the double homicide. Uh, he'll be back out there. Just thinking back on that hit, man. Kyle Pitts didn't play last week, and Dan Mullen said he's doubtful to play this week. I mean, and I couldn't and imagine. It, I mean, and, you know, and it didn't seem dirty. Uh, it, or, no, I, mean, I mean, it seemed like he was making an effort to, to get yeah. the shoulder. I'm not even saying he shouldn't have been suspended, but I just Those some play, people were calling for malicious intent. It didn't, really didn't seem so. They're moving so fast. You have a split second to or react. Then the guy ducks, and I mean, yeah, it just compounds you, on. You just can't adjust your body when you're moving that quick. But and getting back to what you're saying, like Jordan Davis coming back, that's that's going to be huge. I yeah. mean, I know Mississippi State doesn't run the ball that much, mm-hmm. and that's his forte is serving as a run stopper. But that's still a dude who, in the pass rush, can command yeah. two dudes. And I mean, his impact. Is, I mean, it's noteworthy. I mean, Florida, they haven't been a good running team all year long, but they were able to get some runs going against us up the middle, get a little outside. I mean, I know that's not where he'd be playing, but, I mean, it's really evident in the Kentucky game. I mean, we couldn't get off the field against them, and it was just three yards up the middle, three yards up the middle, four yards up the middle, first down. Yeah, he's I mean, like one of our most in, important players on yeah. that side of the ball. When I mean, you have a guy just eat up the center and the guards where the linebackers can play free, it leads to that. I mean, that he's a big, big reason why our defense has been so good, so obviously missing him. Well, let's hope huge. that maybe he has some notes mm-hmm. – uh, you know, that he is going to show the team about how to cover a wheel route. I mean, I know that's not really his responsibility, but gosh, that was like... God knows we need it, and God knows it's in Mike Leach's playbook. He, We will see the wheel route on Saturday. Book it. It's going to be thrown. We're going to see it over and over and over again. I just hope that the two weeks since we've last played will be enough for us to learn how to cover it. Um, but just getting back to Saturday night, it's, it's looking like we're going to get a little bit healthier. Um, defense should be stout. Mississippi State struggled on offense. I'm confident that we can slow them down too. Um, Stokes and Campbell out there locking up their best guys. Well, and we got, I mean, there's, uh, on their offensive side, like, you know, they don't have a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. They allow over three sacks a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and I think we have a pretty formidable pass rush, especially, I mean, Aziz is guaranteed to get out there and get some pressure at least a couple of times a game. Yeah. And then, they have a guy who's making just his second start, mm-hmm. uh, and his first start was against Vanderbilt. And so, I, I mean, not to dog on other teams, but we're quite a different uh, type of beast yeah. than Vanderbilt. So this is, I mean, and what? We're going to have twenty five, maybe 30,000 mm-hmm. people in the stands? So, like, enough of an atmosphere to not, where he might get some jitters. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, I know it. it's not a huge thing, but something that's going to add to the atmosphere a little bit. I think it's uh, been rumored and flying around that we're finally going to break out the black jerseys for the first time this season, play underneath the lights and the black jerseys. Um, that'll obviously amp up the crowd a little bit, amp up the players, hopefully get a little bit of emotion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something I hate. There's always that group of people that always hate on it and to call it some gimmick and that you shouldn't have to get it. Yeah. I really wish at the beginning of the year they would say, okay, these are going to be the night games. We're wearing it this game. If it's a home game at night, we wear the black jerseys. You do get rid of any sort of gimmick because it's just like they're on the schedule. Yeah. And those people also fail to like – Realize that we have a winning record in those jerseys. Yeah. Like they, all they remember is the blackout game against Bama. And honest to God, we would have we would have gotten throttled in the white. We would have gotten throttled in the red. That team was loaded. They had Julio. That was their first national cha- uh, championship yeah. team. They had and then Mark Ingram, Julio. We were just ranked where we were at that point in time, just as a you know as a award for how good we were the last year, and yeah. to have not made the BCS. So. Uh, so it's just a consolation prize at that I've point. I've never been into that. Oh, we got Bama killed us. We can't wear black. No, Bama killed us because Bama was damn good that year. Yeah, I mean we beat Hawaii. Yeah, beat Auburn. I mean, and then we've just. Got, I feel like since the Bama game, it seems like we roll them out against kind of nobody. So there's no like. Yeah, I mean this will be the second time since the blackout we broke them out. We broke them out against Louisiana Lafayette <laughs> in 2016, and then this weekend against Mississippi State. So I'm glad. I hope, like I, like you said, just get him into the rotation. I mean, just, yeah, and just then you can get rid of that whole mindset of it's uh, like a gimmick to amp you up. It's like, oh, we're playing at night in Athens. Oh, that means we have black jerseys. Yeah. So it's just like, so I think that's going to add a little bit of an atmosphere and a little bit of emotion behind the game. I've uh, I've kind of been worried that I mean, the players know that Florida's got a two-game lead on us essentially now that they own the tiebreaker in the East. We don't have a whole lot to play for other than a nice bowl game. So maybe pride. Hopefully, yeah, pride I mean, comes into the play league. for pride. Go out there and just play with emotion. Play with a lot of energy and anger. Don't like, come out flat. That's that's the one thing that I've been worried about is what it happens if we come out flat. We obviously had last week's game postponed, so they haven't played in a while. Um, so. I'm hoping that the postponement last week kind of gave him another week to practice, get over the Florida loss. Well, I think that's great as far as the quarterback situation goes. Yeah. I mean, just more time to gel and get ready for, for that because I'm sure they knew last week who the guy was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so just a little bit more prep time. I'm also interested to see – oh, no, I feel like you know Mike Leach is just an offensive mastermind. I feel like Kirby, for all the hate he gets as a coach, you cannot deny that he's a defensive mastermind. He just mm-hmm. – defenses just can't hold up against the best offenses – in the country, and that's what Alabama and Florida are. Yeah. It'll be fun to see them scheme out against each other. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see the game. I'm just excited for us to get back on the field, hopefully get that poor taste out of our mouth that we left Jacksonville with. Um, it's never good losing to Florida. It never feels good. Um, hadn't felt it in a few years, so it's kind of back to there for a while. Um, Urban Meyer days, we kind of got used to it, but over the last few years it's become the um the norm for us beating them so it's uh definitely sucks and i'm glad we're going to get to hopefully take advantage and win a game this weekend um one thing i did want to touch on tonight though um for you um what would be your outlook on the rest of the season what would dictate a successful close to the season for you um, would it? I mean, obviously, is there like a, a bowl game you would like to see us get to? I mean, is there like a bar that this is 
I'm happy with the way we closed? Or is it automatically the season's a failure? Well, obviously winning out. I mean, it's it would be the first thing. I mean, and I would say if JT is the guy this weekend – I mean, I would like to. I know there's a lot of people that are going to be upset if he comes out and he just absolutely kills it, and they're going to be like, "Man, we wasted this season. Why wasn't he playing sooner?" Mm-hmm. Seems like it was fairly obvious that that was because of an injury. Yeah, I would love to see him go out there and just we see that offensive unit start to gel because, like we said, that's mostly going to be the same group of guys up there uh, out there next year. It would be awesome to see that group come in and like make their own because, like you said, we're never going to be worried about defense. Our special teams is great and young. So it would just be nice to see that unit gel to where when we're coming into next year, we're looking at that as a strength. And to where I don't want another quarterback controversy. I would love for this dude to come in, kill it to such a point that it's like, yes, he's the starter. There's no competition. He's going to play one more year. The next year is Brock Vandegrift's. He's got two or three years. Because yeah. it gets tiring having a yeah, quarterback I mean, controversy every year. So I don't care about the bowl. I just really care about the progress of that unit. Some more Kenny touches because yeah. uh, I think he's our best offensive player. Yeah. I mean, him or Pickens, but I really do think he's just a, a dynamic back. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I would have kind of – I mean, I would agree with all your points. I, I want to see us gel on offense. I want to see us kind of figure out who we are, trying to get a good identity. I mean, I want to see JT solidify himself. Like you said, I'm tired of quarterback controversies. It's been – I mean, I think we've had a quarterback competition every every year but one since Kirby took over in 2016. We had Frommer or Eason or Grayson Lambert in 16. We had Frommer, Eason in 17, Frommer, Fields. And then going into the 2019 season when Fields had transferred and it was nobody but Jake was the only year we really know, okay, Jake Fromm's our quarterback for sure, no matter what, no, without a doubt. I mean, it's been – I want a set guy – going into next year where this is our guy. We're going to rally the troops around him. He's got an offseason. We're working with the ones. He's got an offseason and knowing he's the starter. I mean, it only helps you when you get that much reps. I mean, you can't be splitting 50-50 reps and expect the guy to produce on the same type of level. So I think good consistency on offense, um, just gelling, close out the season, obviously winning out, um, I still have hope for New Year's Six, but um, we are, we're only allowed two as the, SC, as the SEC unless we have two in the playoff, which as of now is a still a possibility with Florida and Alabama having to, yet to play. Right now A&M is going to get that unless they slip up. Um, A&M still has a game with Auburn, I think, on the schedule. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I wouldn't be... I would really love to see us in the New Year's Six, maybe in Miami. Playing in Miami in the Orange Bowl would be cool with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the people saying it's a wasted season, they're the same people, though, that are going to be sitting watching those games every Saturday. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it's, I want them to win the games. Like, if I'm going to be wasting three and a half hours of my time every yeah. Saturday. So uh, it's, it's really just building towards next year, which, God forbid, hopefully next year is a normal season. COVID hopefully is gone by next August, and we can have a full 12-game schedule. So let's get some continuity going and just keep moving in the right direction. We've, we're going to have a good team next year. We've still got a good team this year. Obviously, we've been bit by the injury bug, but it is what it is. You've got to take the cards that are dealt to you and go with them. So we'll get back w- to this game. Uh, let's make our picks real fast. Okay. So – 
Georgia is favored by 24 and a half. What's your score prediction? Also, do you think we are going to cover that? I do not think we're going to cover. I'm confident that we can score on them. I think we're going to control the game. Um, I see us winning 31-10. Okay. 31-10 to is a good score for me. I think I'm kind of operating that same range as you. I want to say we don't cover. I'm going to say that, you know, 30 points, hopefully a couple of, you know, great offensive drives. I don't want them to – I mean – It'd be nice to have an explosive one. It'd also be nice to have a couple of methodical drives, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of field goals. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 30 to seven. They get a, they get a touchdown, four touchdowns for us. Or I mean, uh, that doesn't add up, does it? Three touchdowns and three field goals. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with 27 to seven. Actually, okay. Okay, yeah. I like that. So that's it. That's our game pick. So what do we got for the rest of the SEC slate? Well, first, I know you're trying to speed up to that, but we got to <laughs> say the records uh, for the year on our Ooh. picks against the spread. So you went a remarkable uh, one in five uh, last week uh, after our couple of weeks hiatus, uh, and I went four and two. So that brings our record on the year to you are ten and nineteen, and I am fourteen and fifteen. So please don't go making any bets. Yeah, what this has told me is I should not be spending any money out on Bovada. Don't put money anywhere. It's a bad idea. I'll just lose it. You're fifteen minutes away from Tennessee. You don't have to use Bovada. No. Uh, so, anyways, we, the first game we got State at uh, UGA. Uh, like I said, Georgia's favored by twenty-four and a half. We both said we don't think we're going to cover, but we do think we will win handily. Uh, Next, we got Florida at Vandy. Uh, Florida's favored by 31. Uh, you're thinking they're going to cover. Why is that? Just sheer offensive Just, firepower? They could score in so many ways. Florida's got so many weapons. I, I just think Florida's going to cover. And I think I might be confident if Florida was favored by 40. I mean, they're crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of on that same uh, wavelength as you. Uh, next, we got LSU at Arkansas. LSU is favored by two and a half. Uh, I'm going to say that they don't cover. I mean, in fact, I would be leaning towards Arkansas winning that game, but I'm just going to say that LSU is not going to cover that. Yeah, I would agree. I think I'm on the same page as you. I honestly think Arkansas is going to win. (laughs) And sorry to get off topic, but did you see the tidbit that came out about this Arkansas-LSU game? It's the single biggest – flip in the spread from year one year to the other. In last year's game, LSU was favored by 43 points over Arkansas. And it, honestly, Arkansas opened as a two-point favorite. But they've since shifted the lines. But I just think that's incredible just looking at where LSU was last year, where they're at this year. And just I thought that was really cool. But Yeah, that's crazy. And imagine, <laughs> you know, if we weren't so, like just like I said earlier, simplistic in our thinking, if Auburn had – or if Arkansas had that uh, one more win mm-hmm. from that Auburn game that they should have won, yeah. so their record had one more win and one uh, one less loss, yeah. we'd be looking. They would probably would be favored, but just because we immediately go to win loss record against each one instead of actually looking at any sort of context, mm-hmm. they probably should be favored in this game. And I, I, I I've loved watching Arkansas play this year. I loved Sam Pittman when he was our coach. I think I've adopted them as my second favorite SEC team to watch this year. It should win Coach of the Year. I mean, I, I don't think it should be close. Landslide. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, next we got uh, Tennessee at Auburn. Uh, Auburn is favored by 10. Uh, what you thinking? I'm thinking Auburn covers. Tennessee is just not in a good place right now. Uh, so I think Auburn covers the 10. Auburn's playing well. Yeah, I'm going to say that Auburn uh, wins, but uh, just doesn't cover. Uh, I'm going to say they win by, you know, seven points or so, win by a touchdown. I actually think that game might be close. Maybe uh, I know uh, Guantanamo Bay is going to be the QB for <laughs> Tennessee, <laughs> so that makes you always doubt any pick uh, that you're having for Tennessee. But uh, I'll be a bounce-back win for them. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, Auburn's just – they're always so hard for me to read. Mm-hmm. Uh Last, we got uh, Missouri at South Carolina. You know, I was leaning South Carolina uh, in this game. I mean, you reminded me that they had uh, some of their secondary guys opt out this week. And so that really, to me, that makes this this probably won't even be close. I could see Missouri very easily uh, handling this cover. Yeah, I agree. Uh, J.C. Horn, Israel Mukuamu, both opting out. Two best corners, NFL draft guys. They're not going to be able to replace them. South Carolina's recruiting can't just replace two NFL guys like that. Uh, Missouri's going to be able to move the ball on them if they have enough scholarship players yeah. to play. Because the reports yeah, are they that, they're, that they're fringe on the line. So we'll see if we actually even get to see this game this weekend. But if we do, I think Missouri's going to cover. So. All right. So, I mean, this is good. I like when we have some uh, picks that differ. It allows for uh, – some gloating on one of our ends so far that's been more on mine so absolutely so that is going to do it for episode nine of between the mics again we thank you all for listening we thank you all for subscribing and downloading um we've gotten some feedback from the people who are listening and we definitely appreciate it um it means a lot for you all of you that you are so we look forward to getting back with you guys next week as we break down george's next opponent so as always Go dogs. Go dogs.